0: guys to another bolt from the blue special my goodness guys there's been so many rumors linking city with a center back in january so myself and the other guys from the bolt from the blue podcast had to check it out you know we owe you this we owe you the due diligence to find out the facts I've got someone here with me, nobody better to do it with me, the producer of City Fan TV on YouTube, I've got Ray. Ray, how are you doing?
1: Hey Mike, um, I'm very well. I'm very well indeed. It's uh, just uh, lunchtime here in Manchester right now. Yeah, just uh, building up to the game at the weekend against Chelsea, so uh, getting quite excited about that already. Obviously. Um, we had the news last night that uh, Pochettino has been given the boots, and uh, Jose Mourinho was uh, installed in the early hours uh, of this morning, I think, as a new manager at Spurs. So there's lots to talk about football-wise uh, at the moment. That is not to do with City, but also we're getting excited for the game on Saturday.
0: Well, Ray, we are going to talk about City in this pod, but just before we begin, that's astonishing news, Ray. I mean, um. I always imagined that Pochettino would uh, leave by mutual consent or, you know, that they would um, mm-hmm. they would smooth the wheels that way. But I never imagined, number one, that they would sack him. And number two, within very short order, they'd have employed Jose Mourinho. My goodness, well, pray,
1: what's going on? What's happened is, look, they, they wanted Pochettino to leave. Rumors are he had a big lizen ride with uh, um, Daniel Levy. About a month ago, but since the start of the international break, they've wanted Pochettino to leave, and they wanted it to be by mutual consent. They would have paid him off something for him to leave. He said no um, because by sacking him, they'd have had to give him. I, I as I understand it, they've had to give him twelve million pounds. So, which is probably more. Which is sounds like about a year and a half or two years' pay. So that seems like what's happened rather than if a, a mutual agreement, it might have been half that figure. So. Spurs have tried to, to push him out of the door early in the, in the international uh, break. Since he's not going, they have just had to say, "Look, we need to do something before we got a game coming up. We're going to have to bite the bullet and give him, you know, and, and give him the flick." So that's what they've done. They paid him off. Obviously, they were talking to Mourinho beforehand. There's no way they get rid of Pochettino on Tuesday. Um, Even though I think some of the players got wind of it on Monday. There's no way they announced it on Tuesday. And within 12 hours or so, uh, or not much more than that, they've got appointed uh, Jose Mourinho on a long contract up till 2023. So he's got a three and a half year contract or three three years and uh, a few months, whatever it's going to be, or two and a half years. But he's got a, a fairly decent, um, you know, three and a half year contract. So he's done all, He's doing. He's doing all right. And apparently he's going to get paid about eleven million pounds a, a, a year. Right. Uh, this let's, let's this get, let's
0: this, is, this has led to all kinds of teams wondering which one of those Spurs players that they're going to be able to buy. I've done a little poll on Bolt from the blue, and uh, I don't I I don't think you've seen it yet, but it's a poll that says if Leroy Sané goes, would you take Son Jun Min? Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll we'll ask you right right here and now,
1: Right, <laughs> You've mentioned that a few times, so I don't need a poll to know that's always in your mind. Um, I'm I'm 50-50 because he can play very, very well uh, indeed. Uh, but sometimes, you know, he, he does go uh, missing um, a little bit. I mean, we saw that period where um, Harry Kane was injured last season and Son Heung-min came in he did a great job and he, he really led the line and he was fantastic. As soon as Kane came back, he uh, wasn't as good and he was more in and out of the team. Now, the only negative I have about Son Heung-min, and I love him as a player, uh, he excites me, he, he, he's dangerous when he plays against us, is his age. He's 27 and a half, so if we were to get him next summer, he'd be 28 years old. And my feeling is That's probably older than we would want uh, for a player. Although players' lives, you know, uh, careers are extended into the sometimes mid thirties, Look at Ronaldo. He's, what, 33, 34. Still playing fantastically well. So, but the risk is we end up paying 50 or 60 million pounds for Son and he's only got maybe three years, four years maximum at the top level left. That's got to be a worry as well as his in and out form. But when he's good... He's very, very good indeed.
0: Well, Ray, I, I threw that in that uh, I threw that in there for our um, thousands of um, South Korean followers. But um, what about um, some of the others? What about Harry Kane, for example?
1: He's an option, I think. Harry. One of the issues with Harry Kane is because he's a Tottenham boy. Uh, although I think as a child he was an Arsenal fan, but he's a, basically Tottenham through and through. And he's like Phil Foden; He'll stick it out longer than somebody else will look at City. Brahim Diaz was struggling to get in. And because he had no connection with City, he left and went to Real Madrid, where he's not played much there. Phil Foden stuck it out because he's a Manchester City fan. And I think that makes a huge difference. Harry Kane's 26 or 27 now. I think it's 26. Um, and his issue is he's, he's a, a, obviously a, a big, big Spurs fan. Now, the only thing, I mean, I think he wants to win something. He wants to win something with Spurs, his boyhood club. Um, But maybe in six months or a year and a half's time, he'll do something like Robin Van Persie did and left North London and come to Manchester to win something. Um, But right now, it's going to depend on what his relationship is like with uh, Jose Mourinho. Uh, I don't think, even if Jose does badly, he won't last a year and a half there. So I actually expect Harry Kane to last at least a year and a half, knowing that Jose is a serial winner. He'll win something. And maybe Harry Kane wants to win something with Spurs before leaving. And also, uh, the thing is with Harry, I don't think he'll move in England. If he'll get, if he got an op- option to go to Bayern Munich, to go to, especially to Real Madrid or Barcelona, I think that's more likely to happen than to come uh, up the M6 and M1 or whatever up to Manchester.
0: Well, now that we have you online, Ray, I mean, how do you think it's going to go for Jose Mourinho? I mean, his last two teams have gone really, really south very, very quickly in the time against United and also in his the, the final uh, years at Chelsea. Um, a lot of people thought he, think that he's a busted flush. Do you think that there's any chance that while he's been doing all this punditry out there in, uh, in the on the other side of the world, that 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 he's he's there uh, himself and he's um retrained he's himself?
1: Look, by the time at the end of his tenure at Man United, he looked bedraggled. He looked a mess. He looked uh, he looked sometimes uh, maybe this is a bit uh, unkind, Sometimes he looked like a bum that had been sleeping rough. Um, but now you see him, um, he's, uh, every day, he's well spoken, well dressed, well groomed. Uh, and people are looking at him and saying, wow, you know, you're, you're actually a very, very good pundit. Same as Gary Neville. Um, you know, he's gone from a hated player to a very, very good pundit, even though he's still very, very ugly. Uh, at least Mourinho has <laughs> a little bit of charm, a little bit of class, the way he, you know, he, he, he polishes up very well. Let's say for a guy. Who is six years older than you, Mike? Um uh, he still polishes up very, very well indeed. He He's fifty six years old. Oh my gosh.
0: Okay. Fifty
1: six. Um so the the so but the way I see it ending, well let's look at the way it's gonna start. I think it's gonna start. Well, because the players needed a change from Pochettino. The rumours are that they were sick and tired of, of Pochettino, basically. But Jose and needs watch-
0: money, he needs millions and millions and millions of, of dollars, doesn't he?
1: I think he'll get something, uh, and I'll tell you. Uh, let me. I'll tell you why I think he'll get some money from uh, from Levy, possibly in January, and why um, Tottenham have, have taken this huge risk, and it's to do with money. But quickly, let's. You know, when he finished at uh, United, yeah, it was a mess. Okay, United were a real mess. The players hated him. Uh, I don't think there's any uh, question about that. The players hated him. But uh, but at United. He, sta- he started off decent he had a win percentage just under 60 which is what he had at chelsea and he won some trophies and i think that's the key he won some trophies at manchester united um you know not not the big ones you know he won the league cup he won the uh, and the europa league and he by doing so got into the champions league so he won a couple of trophies at real madrid um he he did something um similar where he, he won some trophies. So he won the Liga once. He won the Copa del Rey and the Super Cup. Um, and at Chelsea, his time at Chelsea, he did manage to win the league. Uh, and I think he won the, uh, League Cup as well in 2014-15. He won, he won both of them. So that was his second, uh, spell at the club. So he, he could win stuff and then it all went sour. So each of his last three clubs, I think he's won stuff before it's t- uh, turned really, really bad. Um, and Inter, once again, Inter won two Serie A's. He won the Coppa Italia. He won the Champions League. He won the Super, uh, Super Cup of Italy as well. So he's a, he, you can't dispute that wherever he's gone, he's had a, an immediate impact and within a couple of years has won some silverware. And I think that's a potential that he could do. He could do at Spurs because unlike Pochettino, I think uh, Mourinho will focus more on the FA Cup because what else have they got left? They've got the Champions League this season and finishing top four. So I think he will probably focus on a cup to say he's won something. He wants uh, to win something. I think that's one of the rumours because no, the manager has won major honours at three different English clubs. He wants to be the first um, to do that. So uh, moving on to the reason why I think uh, Pochettino got the, got the boot, besides the poor form, I mean, they've got 25 points, I believe, in the last 24 league games. They haven't won an away game for 10 months. It's, you know, it's a terrible, terrible situation for them. Um, the, the issue is for me, they've got this brand new stadium. It's cost a lot of money and they've not been able to buy players previously for more seasons because, you know, the, the, the argument is, is saving the money for the stadium. And I think this last season, last summer, Potts really said, I want these, I want some players. Otherwise, there's a huge problem. So Levy went out and bought uh, a couple of players, decent players. Uh, he got Lo Celso on loan. He got Ndombele. And he got, um, uh, there was somebody else he got. I can't remember who it was now. But there was another uh, half-decent player. Um, so they, they got them in. The risk to Spurs is now, last season, they got to the Champions League final. That's worth a heck of a lot of money. That Champions League final run, I think, would, would have been worth around uh, maybe a little bit more than 90 million pounds. Okay, that's a lot of dong, 90 million pounds. Um, now, this season, and that's the got to the final, if, if, if they didn't get out of the group stage, they'd end up with about 40 million pounds, let's say. Um, and next season, if they don't get into the Champions League, the most you can get out of the Europa League is somewhere between 40 and £50 million, pounds, and that's by winning it. So you can see the finances have a huge impact because if Portroutinho stay to the end of the season, Spurs didn't make the Champions League. The following season, they could be looking at an income drop of 40 or 50 million pounds if they don't even make europe that's an even bigger drop because they're going to get nothing so they're going to go from 90 to possibly zero in two seasons that's a huge shock spurs i think the way they've gone the, um, the way uh, sorry uh, daniel levy and Enoch who who are basically the owners of spurs levy's the chairman but Enoch is the, the holding company that own it um now the way they see it, they were expecting to be finishing in the top four on a consistent, regular basis Um, because that's where they were finishing. They are challenging, they are finishing third, third, fourth, but generally comfortably enough with a game or two to spare before the end of the season. But last season, they struggled towards the end of the season. So I think a lot of it's to do with money. You know, Levy's forked out £12 million to get rid of uh, Pochettino and he's paying apparently £11 million for uh, Mourinho. So, it's going to cost them a lot of money. He's gambling. He's throwing the dice. You know, he's uh, putting his uh, he's putting his chip on red or black, whatever. He's playing the roulette wheels. He's taking a big gamble. It's costing them a lot of money. I mean, this season I expect it to cost them possibly an extra fifteen or sixteen million pounds in paying off Pochettino and the extra money to Mourinho. It's going to cost them a lot of money. He's taken that gamble and I think they may spend some money in in January, but it's all a gamble to make sure they get Champions League next season because um, they can't afford to lose 40, 50, even 60 million pounds the following season. It's just going to shatter their finances like, as you can see what's happening with United, not making the Champions League. Their finances, last season they made about 627 million pounds in income. This current year, they're forecasting it between 560 and 580. And if they don't get Champions League again, apparently they'll lose even more money because some of their sponsors will cut back on their sponsorship. On oh, 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 that subject, Ray, uh,
0: did you see yeah. that Mike Keegan at the Daily Mail has basically stolen um, wow. Colin, Colin Savage's, well, I'm not going to say stolen, but... Colin Savage was there um a couple of weeks ago on the...
1: Well, Colin was there a lot more than two weeks ago. He did the um, something for Bolt from the Blue Live, I believe, on the 28th of October. Can
0: you but believe he'd also that? Done something. It's unbelievable. But Ex- also done something exclusive, the- Ray. They said exclusive.
1: Well, exclusive. I, 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 yeah, well, Colin had done that on the, for the Bolt from the Blue Live. He'd done it for King of the Kippax. I think we talked about it. So... And and in, in all honesty, I mean Mike Keegan says he he spoke to a sauce at the club, uh, I don't know if that was tomato sauce or brown sauce, but he said he spoke to a sauce at the club who said it was between five sixty and five eighty it would be five sixty to five eighty million this next year. And I and I'll turn around and say, Well look, just this is just off the top of my head, okay? We had five hundred and thirty five million pounds turnover. The Puma deal alone I suspect it's worth the best part of £30 million pounds to City. The overseas TV deal is going to be an extra 12 or £13 million pounds to City in the next set of accounts. That's 40 to £42 million. Pounds. Add that to 535 that gets you to 580 straight away. Then, obviously, if we get further in the Champions League than we got uh, last season, we'll get more money. If we went on and win the thing we could get an extra £25 million, let's say. So that takes us over, over £600 million. One thing I notice when people who don't know about numbers talk about numbers, it's sometimes very obvious they don't know about numbers. When you delve a little bit deeper, City had a profit of £10 million last season as well as the season before. When you delve a little bit deeper, they actually made a loss. City did, okay? If you exclude the player, uh, the profits that we made on selling players, that's what actually turned us from a, a loss into a profit. And I can't remember what the, the, the profit we made on player transfers off the top of my head, but it might have been either 28 or 38 million pounds. So that was our profit on player sales. Um, and that's what turned us from what, what would have been an operating loss into a small profit. And that's actually a big, in that the two areas that have a big impact on your turnover, on your income, because a lot of income streams are quite static. It's the UA for money. The further you get in the Champions League, the more you get. The further you or the higher you finish in the Premier League, the more money you get. And the third one, the third point is on player sales. So you can, for instance, go back and look at Liverpool. The, the year they sold uh, Coutinho, they made a huge profit. I don't know what it was, but it would have been somewhere in the region of well over £100 million pounds because of the, the profit they made on selling Coutinho. So that has a big impact. So if we for instance sell Leroy Sané this season let's say we sell him in, in January for for 100 million pounds on our books I'm just going to guess here Leroy Sané is 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 not uh, this is a calendar tree so forgive me uh, for, for talking about it and 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 forgive yourselves if you don't understand the numbers but on our books his, um his book value might be something like 20 million quid. His, his actual financial value is a lot more. If we were selling for 100 and his book value is 20 million, in, that's all in accounting terms, the profit on the sale of Leroy Sani would be 80 million pounds. That's going to make a huge difference to our books. And it, it'll make a huge difference to United books if they were to sell a couple of players who did uh, bought cheaply or nurtured through the ranks. Uh, and so these all these things make a huge difference, or they can make a huge difference. Uh, to your profit and loss uh, accounts and your revenue statement. So there's a lot of things. Some I think Mike Keegan, whether he copied Colin, well, I think other people had started to do that anyway. And a lot of the press actually, uh, I saw the BBC, they went down the same route. So what you also notice in the press, and I think we're going to roll on to this when we talk about transfers. Once one person in the press says something, everybody else needs they need to jump on board. They don't want to be left behind. They don't want to appear out of the loop. So once Mike Keegan had talked about this in his exclusive, which was well out of date, let's be quite honest, and I think Colin said I'd have helped you if you'd asked me, um, it was well out of date. Other uh, publications, they copied it, in effect. Mike tweaked it a little bit here and there, but basically it's the same. Uh, when the Mourinho story to Spurs came out, other people just copied it because you don't want to appear to be out of the loop of not having knowledge of the football industry.
0: Absolutely you don't want to appear out of the loop and that's what they all do. Ray just before we get on to the main um, meat and potatoes of this particular pod, just going to pick your brains uh, yeah. just for fun where does Poch go next
1: in your view? Mm. Okay, the options open to Potch, obviously it's possible that he'll take a break, it's quite possible he'll take a break because you know he looked For the last six to nine months like a man running on empty like his team they were running on empty they're relying on luck rather than anything else Uh, because he works his players hard the options to potch i mean he might think he's missed he's missed options to go to man united and and real madrid it might be there right now i don't think bayern munich have got a manager right now right now it's possible that man united might not have a manager by christmas or not long after and it's possible that Real Madrid might not have a manager come the summer. So if I was Pochettino, I might just sit there, enjoy my £12 million payoff and wait for a, a really nice, decent job to come up. come up. He might be offered a job at Arsenal. Who knows? Uh, I mean, people might laugh at that and pour scorn on that idea that he'd move across uh, North London. But hey, it's not a much of a move. He's probably not overly happy with Levy for possibly not keeping promises that he made. And he might want to get back a bit at Spurs and, and just move uh, across the road to Arsenal. So that's another job, another vacancy that might come up in the near future. The other jobs, City, I don't think, uh, I think I'm hoping as well that Pep stays till at least the end of his contract. Klopp's going to stay at Liverpool. In this country, what other big jobs are open? There's nothing in this country. So he has to look abroad. The only other big jobs abroad are Bayern Munich, possibly Dortmund, you could consider. PSG, and the two main clubs in Spain, and that's it. So I think he's just going to buy his time because, in all honesty, I can see one at least one vacancy coming up in the next six to nine months at one of those big clubs that he will be considered for.
0: That's a very good summary of the situation, Ray. Now let's get on to what we're here to talk about. Man City fans have been inundating the Bolt from the Blue podcast because they're in a lather, Ray. About uh, these continued links between centre backs and Man City, and uh, we've all brushed them aside because we know that we, the our squad, the 17 foreign members uh, have been achieved, and uh, a new name has arisen, Ray. Something, something that City fans are going crazy about. Upa Meccano. What a beautiful name.
1: What do you know about this guy, Ray?
0: Upa Meccano. Diego I Meccano.
1: Thought it was a new new game, a new construction set. Um, <laughs> if if you if you're from the UK, you'd you know Meccano, uh what Macano is. What do I know about him? Well, I never liked the, the term uh, the new whoever. But look, I've, I've, the best I can do uh, because of uh, who he plays for. Uh, even I, I think I do have a, a subscription to watch the German Bundesliga. I hardly ever watch it, so I think he's playing for RB Leipzig. From what I've seen, he is a big, solid chap. I think that's the politest way I can put it. Six foot one for, for, for us in Imperial units, one meter 86 if you're uh, a little bit more modern um, around the world. Uh, born in France, actually not too far from where I used to live, uh, with an hour, an hour and a half. Went through Evreux, Valenciennes, a team in northern France. And uh, he ended up, that's where what, that's what most of his youth career, went to Leifering and then Red Bull Salzburg, uh, for a season and now the last couple of seasons at RB Leipzig I mean I think both owned by Red Bull uh, Salzburg is obviously in Austria not Germany so he's got his but he, you know it would have been a problem to have two clubs owned by the same person in the same country so that's why uh, but it's easy to move around honestly I, I, I couldn't comment I haven't seen enough of him I've seen from the clips I've seen he's strong he's got pace he's got power he's got Tenacity. He is very strong. He's solid. He doesn't t- take. Any, he doesn't stand any messing about. Looking at his his career, he a lot of clubs were interested in. Apparently, Man United when he was a kid about four or five years ago, they were interested in. Red Bull Salzburg got it. Got him on the cheap for about two million pounds. um So when he moved to uh, uh, RB Leipzig, which is still Red Bull Leipzig. That was reported to be about nine million pounds. He was even shortlisted for the Golden Boy Award in 2018 for the best young player in the world. So there's, there's a lot to, to like about him from what I've seen. Um, some good commentators have said he's a very good passer of the ball, who reads the game well, kind of what we want. You know, it, 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 but there are a lot of people who are kind of what we want. So we, you know, we have to uh, be a little bit guarded and not to uh, you know big him up too much. But he's he's got a lot. Look, he's got a lot going for him. Um, in back in 2015, he was in the UEFA under-17 team of the tournament, uh, um, the championship set back then. Played in, you know, he's not played for the full French national team. but He's played a lot of games for the under-21s. You know, he's got a he's got a lot. As I said, he's got a lot going for him. Prospects. Uh, he's got a lot of potential. He's still only 21. He's just turned 21 a few weeks ago. Actually, three weeks ago, he's just turned 21. An interesting thing is, and I'm sure we'll go on to this, he would actually count right now as an under-21-year-old well, because Ray, he was better Ray, at the hold, start of the
0: season. Hold that thought because this is where yeah. we want to bring you in and ask yes. you for your expertise because the Bolt from the Blue has received a number of emails and they're asking the same question. That, that I actually fired this question over to our older brother uh, podcast, The Man City Show with Nigel Rothband and um Here's the question that keeps coming up, Ray, and perhaps you could shed some light on it for our listeners. Uh, everyone's asking, Ray, why do we keep getting linked with centre backs like Upa Meccano and Ruben Diaz and even Soyonsu at Leicester when our 17 member uh, foreign player list is full? And uh, it, it seems that unless City are going to include Otamendi as part of of a swap transfer that very rarely happens in football. Ray, in your considered opinion, why are the press continually linking City to centre-backs?
1: Okay, well, obviously, we feel there's a a need there. Uh, Obviously, when Vincent Kompany left, we we lost not only one of the, still one of the best centre-backs in the Premier League, Um, we lost a, a, a leader, uh leader of of men, leader of players. So we we lost a figurehead for the club. And I don't think we actually replaced the figurehead side, the leader side, and we ha- certainly haven't play- replaced that centre back side. Um, now we've had to convert Fernandinho into centre back and that was going on uh, in, in in the summer apparently. Um now to give some background Otto Nicolas Nicholas Otomendi, he was apparently going to leave Manchester City. Because he was not happy with the amount of game time he got, he was not getting enough minutes. Yes, it was great to be winning stuff, but you come to a point where you want to um, play a little bit more, especially when you're past thirty. Some people are happy just to collect the paycheck and say, "I'm earning good money and playing a few games and winning a few trophies." Uh, it's easy life, but others want to be more competitive, want to play more. Now, Ottoman was going to leave, and uh, and City were looking at uh, options. They're looking at alternatives. Um, very seriously. But once uh, Vincent Company said, I'm going, and he, he didn't give the club a lot of notice, that changed everything. And then there was more desire to keep Otamendi, because you don't want to lose two uh, centre-backs at once, two players for one position at once, and have to get new people in. And uh, so that that convinced Otamendi. No, to stay. Ray,
0: that, Ray, that was a little bit weird, because you know that Vincent Company was a right-sided Centre back yeah. and Otamendi is a very decidedly left sided centre back. I don't well, see well, why that. I don't see why that um, that um, Otamendi thought that because Vincent was leaving that that was going to bring him a lot more well, um, appearances.
1: Well, the thing is, I I, I look at Emerick Laporte, uh, who sadly is injured. I look at him as playing the Premier League games and playing the Champions League games mostly. I a left
0: sided centre back.
1: Yeah. Um, and, and I look at Otamendi as thinking, well, I'm going to play a lot of the cup games. That's not bad to start with. And enough league games, OK? So he'll he, I think Otamendi would have had to play at both left centre-back and right centre-back. Um, he could have played with um, uh, Laporte as the left left half of the pairing, uh, sorry, as the right ha- half of the pairing, and with Stones and Fernandinho as the left uh, um, part of the pairing. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's why, as I said, Otamendi stayed because he thought, I'm going to get enough minutes. That has to be his belief. Ray, and can I, can I just
0: jump in here and, and, and ask you a question? Does it matter whether uh, a player is considered to be a left or a right-sided uh, central yeah. defender? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just doing this um, for my own education and for the education
1: of the of well, the guys who are listening. To be honest, for, for me, I, I never I never thought it uh, took it seriously that someone could only play one of the two positions. Yes, you can argue a left-footed left centre-back can hit the ball from the left side easier, you'd expect, across to the corner uh, on the right. It's just more natural, okay? And vice versa, right-footed on the right-hand side could hit it easier and more naturally to the, to the left. But if you if you're a good two-footed player, then you, it doesn't. It to me, it doesn't matter. For, to Pep, possibly, um, you know, he's a, not just a manager. He's one of the best in the world, and and he was a professional footballer. And, and I'm just a, like you, a fan, a passionate fan who watches uh, football. So you know, tactically, strategically, and knowledge wise, he's, he's light years ahead. So for him, maybe that's that marginal game, that extra 0.5 percent that makes the difference between winning and losing. Maybe that's how Pep looks at it. But I thought Otamendi could have, you know, he would have got enough game time. If he didn't feel he was going to get enough game time, he would have gone in the summer. Um, such a shame but,
0: about Otamendi, Ray, isn't it? Because, oh my goodness, 99% of the time he's amazing. But that that
1: yeah. 1%, that 1%. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and I think some of that now, I think I thought he'd curbed it. But now I think not having the to keep him calm. Um, maybe losing a little bit of pace, maybe panicking because he's not got the right person with him, um, to help him, I not say control him, but points, giving him pointers and, and, and and, help and, and, easing him through games. He hasn't got that. So the feeling he w- was, he was going to leave, but he's not. So we've got to, you know, when we, we talk about, um, um, the people you've mentioned, um, and Lupa why are they linked so- and- to?
0: Diaz, yeah, yeah. I, I, Ray, are, 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 they, are are people seriously suggesting that in the January window they're gonna try to send Otamendi the other way and bring Upa Upamecano or Ruben Diaz the other uh, way because that so rarely uh, happens, does it? Doesn't it, Ray? Well,
1: it's, it's well, I mean, it rarely happens in uh, in a January transfer window, but you got to remember we bought Joao Cancelo from Juventus with Danilo going the other way and, and a bit of money. So it can happen, and it does happen. It's happened at City in defence. Um, but I think the wo- people are worried about our centre-backs because we're playing... You know, there was that game against Crystal Palace where we had John Stones and um, Ottoman on the bench, I believe. No, at least one of them on the bench with Eric Garcia, sorry. Um, and we played Rodri and Fernandino in defence. So people... Worried and questioned that, and and now Otamendi's going to look at it and say, Well, I, I'm definitely behind Laporte when he's back. Uh, it looks like I'm behind Fernandinho as well. Fernandinho's playing on the left hand side, um, but maybe that's just because he can. And Pep wants uh, Otamendi or John Stones to play on the right. But Otamendi's now he's got to look at it, I think he's 31, and he's he's got to look at it and say, I'm fighting with John Stones for that other spot. That's tough, tough enough start already, and on top of all that. Eric Garcia is going to be coming through. So possibly, automatically can look at it and say, by the end of the season, if City don't buy anybody, let's say, and Emerick Laporte comes back, he's a shoe-in. I'm fighting with John Stones and Fernandinho for another spot. And you've got Eric Garcia coming through. So four of us are fighting for one spot. How often am I going to win that spot? So he might, once again, look to move on. Uh, And I think City, at that point, uh, I think they were reluctant in the summer to let him go on the cheap. I think they let him go on the, ch- on, on the cheap, so to speak, just to get him out of the door, just to free up that non-homegrown spot. I yeah, feel no, at this
0: point... Listeners, just to, just to um, interject there, uh, Duncan Castles reckons that the reason that the city were not able to release... Um, Mendy is because we were asking 30 million euros for yeah, him, 20, 20. and um, that that would be in your opinion, Ray, a bit too much.
1: Well, he's 31, he's not outstanding. Um, I think City will come back in the summer and, uh, and accept 15 to 20 million euros. That's my feeling because uh, I made that mistake of looking at our squad and saying, Look, we just got 100 points, we just got 98 points, we just won 14 games uh, on the bounce to finish the season. Um, to win the league. And I thought we had enough to get by this season. Well, getting by is not good enough. You know, we're looking at it now and saying we do need two or three additions we needed to beef up, um, certain areas. Um, what, you know, and you can't count for injuries. I mean, the Emerit Laporte injury obviously has hurt us really, really badly. Um, and obviously we don't know exactly when he's coming back. Hopefully it'll be mean, sometime in January. That's what. Um, you know, the, the word on the street is, um, that hopefully he's ahead of schedule and be back in January, but you don't know because obviously, while someone's training and, and rehabilitating, they're putting more and more strain and workload on their body as time goes by. And you never know, his body might reject, uh, the, uh, extra, um, uh, strain put upon him and he might break down. He might. You know, have a problem somewhere else, you know, and it does happen when you've been out for a long time, you can have a strain or a tear somewhere else and a muscle or whatever, have a niggle somewhere else and he might that might delay him another couple of months. We just don't know. We'll have a better idea. I think the club obviously have a, a reasonable idea and they'll have a better idea by um, the by the start of the transfer window. Um, but we we just don't know. So there's a, there's a risk and, and, a, and a feeling of weakness uh, at centre back, and that's why we're linked with so many different. Uh, and it's interesting to know young centre backs. That's Ray, very interesting to me. If you, if you were, if you, a young if, you, back. if you were to put your
0: money on the house, do city do city bring in a centre back in January or not? Now we will revisit this in a couple of months' time to see if you were right. Yeah. Uh, but um, it, okay. It's my very, it's very difficult. Is, what, what's your feeling?
1: M- my feeling is it really, really depends on the uh fitness of Emerit Laporte. It, I think that really, really ha- plays a huge um impact. It has a huge impact. If he's almost in, in, to, to to start playing first team football in the middle of January, let's say, then I can see City possibly trying to hold on. And say we don't need anybody. Let's not take a risk and have a problem.
0: That's what we do. stones.
1: Yeah, well, we have a problem with that. If Ottomanian stones are are rubbish, um, you know, with all due respect, if they're not good enough um, in the next two months, then that might force our hand. Um, And and out of the two, I I mean, Ottoman is thirty-one stones. You'd feel that stones uh, has got more uh, life in him. And I think he's regarded more highly than Otamendi and in, a, in all, so he's, much that he's also that, think, homegrown. He's homegrown, and the thing is, I think they wanted to offer Stones in a contract extension as well uh, early. They want him to stay. They still, you know, Pep and uh, Cheeky Begueristas. They still believe in John Stones, um, and so I. That's what I think. If, if something pushed him to shove, it would be Otamendi who might believe. And I think at this point, it's. I think it's important to. Push People are confused and it is, the rules are very confusing. Um, and, and the rules are very important. And in fact, they're crucial to what we can do this winter. So if you give no, me Ray, a minute, this, I'll this try. Is, this,
0: this is a great opportunity to, to just really, um, ask you to explain to everybody. Um, you, you're very skeptical about January transfers and that's understandable because you understand the squad rules for the Premier League and the, the Champions League, uh, and I know that you're very modest, and and, and you say, well, I'm not exactly hundred percent sure, but uh, from your understanding,
1: uh, Ray, how does it work? Okay, I'm going to look at the Premier League rules, and I think Champions, uh, Champions League rules are not massively different. Um But the, the basic thing is you, you're allowed 17 players as a maximum who are non-homegrown, okay? You don't need to have any non-homegrown players. You can have uh, in your squad of 25. You can have all um English players if you want, but you're allowed a maximum of 17 non-homegrown players. Now, the important thing is to look, well, what is a homegrown player? And the homegrown players basically – they split into two categories, but generally the homegrown players are, 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 are players who played uh, uh, their association training. So they've been trained somewhere in, I think one of the four associations, if I remember correctly, in, in England, Northern Ireland, Wales, or Scotland for three years. Uh, this is, I'm just giving it roughly. I'm not going to go into all the detail, but for three years between the ages of 15 and 21 or 36 months, okay. Or three seasons. Um, now,
0: that's how that Czesk uh, Fabregas qualified yeah, for Arsenal. That, that, as, that's, um, that,
1: that's, that's, the, that's the one that always gets brought up because he was at Arsenal from the age of about 16. By the time he was 21, he'd done five seasons or whatever. So he'd done those three seasons. It was like Gil Caliche. I think he counted as uh, uh, as homegrown um, because he'd done the same at Arsenal in he came to City. A lot of players are like that. You don't have to be English or Scottish or Irish or Northern Irish or, or Welsh or whatever. You can be from anywhere in the world. Gabriel Jesus, you know, if he'd done three years with us, he'd have counted. Um, Pogba, he was at United for so long. And actually, I remember one time when we were apparently looking at buying him, and we thought, if we did buy him this summer, he's done two and a half years at United already, another six months, that would count as homegrown. Yeah, guys, so, just, just, to,
0: just to clarify, when we talk about homegrown, I think the, the, the better, uh, if I'm being Colin Savage here, uh, and uh, seeking to uh, define things correctly, I think uh, what Ray is talking about is association trained
1: or British yeah. association trained. Yeah, they have to be within the, the the British Association. So as long as it doesn't matter where you are, where you where you come from in the world, as long as you can fulfill that uh, that time period of the uh, three years or thirty six months or three seasons within a club or clubs within the associations, then you'll count as a homegrown. And Ray, so you, if, you,
0: uh, if, if you're under 21, you don't count. No, no.
1: for, for squad purposes, okay, you do not count at all. Now, I'm just going to go on to quickly mention that homegrown. The homegrown in, in the Premier League, I think it splits into two more categories. You've got uh, association trained, which we've talked about, I think, in you know, a maximum of four. Um, and you've got club trained. So that would have trained at Man City. For example, uh, Phil Fordham, when he's 21, he'll claim, count as club trained because he's come through Manchester City. So he's not just homegrown, he's club trained. So I think you're allowed like four of each. And currently we've got four non-homegrown players who come from other clubs and two on this is on our list of 25 and two that have come through the club. Um, but we've currently got 17 non-homegrown slots full. Okay. Now you mentioned in the 21s. Everybody who's counts as an under twenty-one does not need to be included in your squad list of, tw- of a maximum of twenty-five. So someone like Phil Foden right now isn't. Gabriel Jesus, when he came to City, he wasn't included in any squad list, okay, because he was under twenty-one. As soon as he went past um, the twenty-one, the season afterwards, he counts as a non. And, and right, could, I,
0: could I just uh, jump in here and uh, and mention something, and that is that. Um you have to when we talk about 17 um foreign players non-homegrown non-homegrown players that's a little bit of a misnomer because you are allowed a maximum of 25 in your squad size and you are supposed to put an eight uh, homegrown homegrown well, you don't person. need you can do whatever you like yeah i'm just going to i'm just going to explain that um you're allowed uh well you're supposed to put um, eight, um, a total of eight homegrown or association trained players in your squad. Now, if you can't meet that, that's fine. Uh, if you've only got six, for example, as yes, City do, hard. then what they do is they reduce your squad size. So, uh, for example, me, sure. City have got a squad size of 23, whereas, for example, Newcastle or teams like that further down, they've got the full complement of 25 because they've got those eight players who are uh, homegrown or association-trained. association, association trained. I just, just wanted to make that clear.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you've got your, your squad size or whatever it is, in City's case, 23, and Newcastle's maybe 25. But what I said was anybody who counts as an under-21 player is not included in that squad list, okay? So you could have 50 players who count as under-21. And I'll tell you what an under-21 player is because there is a whole, there's always a little bit of confusion no, and the, really, the, the, this, this is
0: the nub of the question, um, Ray. This is the nub of the
1: question. A, a okay? lot of people
0: are saying this is why people shouldn't be reporting about uh, City buying these players like Upa Meccano and Diaz because yeah. of their They're age. You now, you're going no. to explain now uh, why that Diaz uh, maybe is not qualified, but Upa Meccano is qualified. Okay.
1: The ru- This is the rule from the Premier League for 2019-20. Okay? The rules on under 21 players. Under 21 players are eligible over and above the limits of 25 players per squad. For the 2019-20 campaign, under 21 players will have been born on or after the 1st of January 1998. So, Basically, if your birthday is, if you were born after the, um, uh, let's take Upe Meccano as an example. His birth, he was born on the 27th of October, 1998, which is after the 1st of January. So he counts as an under-21 player. And it's for the full campaign, okay? And uh, I think uh, uh, someone else, uh, a, a journalist said, oh, no. Um, when he's when it's his birthday you wouldn't you know if your birthday was in the in, within the season and you hit twenty one you wouldn't count that's not the case as as, as this rule quite explicitly uh, says for the campaign for the full campaign so uber Makano, for instance he could have been homegrown at the start of the season his birthday is on the 27th of october some people think oh he's hit twenty one he can't be um an under 21 anymore. That's incorrect. He will still continue to be an under 21 till the end of the season. So looking at those two as examples, Diaz is already 22. Okay. So Diaz, if without looking at uh, his birth date, I suspect Diaz was born before the, uh, 1st of January 1998. And Ruben Diaz, when I have a look, is born on the 14th of May 1997. He cannot count as a non, as a under 21. He's already well past. Um, the the limit basic performance look for me to do that it took me 10 or 15 minutes this morning to go through the rules i i, I went through the rules a couple of years ago and and i went through them again because you know i i am getting on uh, i do, do forget things from time so, to time so well, you're to-
0: you're you're actually saying that because of that if City wanted Ruben Diaz, they would have to send um, Otamendi the other well, way. Where, not, whereas, not whereas they not could they, they they could take Uber Makano without any problem.
1: Yeah, Uber Makano, we could take him in January, no issue. The issue for Uber Makano would come in the summer because then the following season he would not be an under twenty one. Okay, he would not qualify as under twenty one. But, but to
0: get Ruben Diaz, they would they would have to do something very so radical. They have two,
1: options. they have two, op- three options. Actually, there are three options. One uh, is you sell a non-homegrown player. So it could be Otamendi. If Leroy Sane goes, for instance, in in the the window, we open up a non-homegrown slot, Ruben Diaz can come. Okay, that's one option. Maybe only two options. The other option is you buy him and you leave somebody out of your squad. That's the other option. If you, if you say to our please go to Valencia or go somewhere else, and he says no, then you say, well, okay, well, we bought Ruben Diaz. You're not even going to be included in our squad. You can actually leave them out of your squad. Now, okay? Ray, Ray, so, Ray just,
0: just to interject for a second, I've been um, discussing this uh, issue with um, Duncan Castles, and he reckons that, well, I, I was accusing him of... Um, Putting out these uh, false transfer rumours, and he was saying, "Well, no, Mike, no, because if you think about it, City could send Claudio Bravo um somewhere else and create a spot that way. Um, and they they could uh, send um Mendi somewhere and um, create a spot that way." And I was saying
1: to him, "Well, how likely is that? What do you think?" Of the it? likelihood, well, it it just. Let's let's look at each of those two players, and that's what I said. You have to either you either have to sell somebody or not include somebody in your list. That's it. That's a, as far as I can see to get a non-homegrown player in. Um, Bravo, he's number two. Okay, now you would e- City would either have to go out and buy an under twenty-one as a backup. I can't see that. I can't see us buying a young keeper who's under twenty-one as a backup to Edison. Okay. Or promote Grimshaw or bring Zach Steffen back or Aero Murich back. That's it's a possibility. You can um, a, a, if you don't sell Bravo, you can exclude him from the list, bring Aero Murich back from Nottingham Forest, who, where he's on loan, and you create a non home run. What what do you think of spot. David
0: David Mooney's suggestion that um um a foreign born number two goalkeeper is a waste of space?
1: You could argue that. And, you know, we've got Scott, actually we've got Scott Carson as the number three, so we could just promote Scott Carson. There are pros and cons. What I want from a number two goalkeeper, I want a good, basically, I don't care where where they're born, where they're from, or anything, how old they are. I just want a really good option if they're called upon. Look at Liverpool. They got, um, who did they get? Was it Adrian in the summer? and? Look, he he played, and I think he made one mistake in in five or six games. I think he played admirably well. It, it, you know, he helped them um, maintain their winning start of the season. So he's—I don't think he's uh, old at all. But for me, I just want someone who's happy to play second fiddle and has the quality to cover if we need them. So Bravo could be just totally dropped. As I said, we could bring Aeromirich back. We could bring Zach Stefan in, or we could go out. Um, I'm, I'm not sure about Zach Stefan off the top of my head again. Um, but we could uh, because he's unknown and <coughs> excuse me we wouldn't be bringing him back um, but it's a possibility with Aaron Murich, we could say we want Aaron Murich back um, and I think he counts as homegrown If I can't even remember his age now whether he's 21 or not but th- I'm just uh, I'm just giving the um, examples of how we can get around the, the issue of not having any space uh, Aaron Muric, I think still qualify. qualifies as under 21 he's 21 years old at the moment so um, so that that's one option, and um, is is to get rid of Bravo. other option options to get rid of Osimendi, or if we can't sell them, you can just exclude them from your squad list. You can that's just exclude True,
0: them. I think that's the point that Duncan Castles was making. So you,
1: exclude you, you, you can exclude anybody.
0: Exclude them from the squad. Yeah, so of, it, of course, that but, would piss them off big time. But
1: you know. yes, and and as and unless uh, you know, and I, and I, and I, but the thing is, which is all well and good that they can say that, okay. Uh, but I've I, I said probably about 50 times already. After the Norwich game, where we lost 3-2 at Carra Road uh, back in September, I think, uh, I spoke to uh, Cheeky Bagheristan uh, privately uh, after the game. Uh, and I, he, obviously, he doesn't do things on the record, um, which is fair enough. Um, and I asked him this very question. I mean, I obviously I knew the answer. Uh, I, I felt I knew the answer. I just wanted him uh, to confirm, confirm it. And uh, he said, you know, I said, lots of fans are asking about us buying, because obviously we'd lost the game. We were all, you know, you could look at the faces of the staff there. There was um, uh, obviously Cheeky. There was um, um, Mike Summerbee and others. And, you know, we were, we were all a bit glum, looking very glum. Um and so I put that question to, uh, to, 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 to here about fans wanting um, to buy players in, 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 in the transfer. Room. And he, he talks about the non homegrown. And he said, in his actual word, words, was something like, do we leave out Laporte or Sane from the squad to, to be able to put somebody else in who's non homegrown? And he also said, they, they'll be, they'll be uh, nearing fitness as well. It will either be fit or almost fit. I think that's kind of the gist of it. So why would we leave them out? So he didn't seem to be of the of the opinion that it felt like we were not going to buy anybody. Now look, things change since that defeat against Norwich. Okay, we've been beaten by Liverpool and we've been beaten by Wolves. So maybe needs must. Maybe the situation's change because we are nine points behind Liverpool. We could be 15 points behind Liverpool by the time Emery Laporte's fin- uh, fit, fit again. So I think it might depend on needs must and it might depend on a conversation with Ottomans and say, look, mate, you've got six months left. You're not going to be part of our squad. Sorry, that's it. Um And take this opportunity to leave because we're going to get somebody else. And if you don't leave, you won't be part of the squad. Now that's harsh for somebody um, of uh, the... Um, Loyalty, let's say, and, and the experience, uh, loyalty he's shown as an experience he's got. So you could argue that's a little bit harsh on uh, on Nicholas Otamendi, but hey, we're at the business end of football. We're here to win stuff. And we, you know, there will be, sadly, I mean, it may sound a bit callous, there will be casualties along the way. And Otamendi may just well be a casualty of the situation that we're in. Uh, Upa Makano, we can get regardless whether autumnendis stays or, or goes we have no problems so that's why i suspect some journalists have promoted him more than others because besides looking a very very exciting prospect um he's he fits at, at the age category ruben diaz is mentioned because some journalists may feel i mean they just they're looking for young players who look half decent and throw their names out whether there's any legitimacy to the story or not. They just throw the names out because who's going to, who's going to uh, refute them? No one's going to really come out and refute them if you say City are interested or have watched. I have no doubt City had Skypes watching Ruben Diaz, whether we were, we we're going to buy him or not because we watch players all over the world. Um, so it's an easy, cheap, um, argument to make that City have watched this, this kid and are interested. So. Um, That's why I think the journalists are mentioning people like Diaz because there's that potential to just uh, cast Otamendi adrift or if Leroy Sane leaves, then we've got the non-Hong Kong spot or if Leroy Sane is not going to be picked till March, uh, we might just say, well, Leroy, we're not going to include you in the squad for the rest of the season because there's no point. You're not going to be in the uh, Champions League squad because that that has to be done. That's
0: an interesting thing, Ray, because if they're convinced that... uh Leroy is uh, going somewhere else, yeah. they, they can leave him out of the squad and uh, that frees up another space well, I
1: guess. As I said, if, if, if he's not fit by the time the Champions League squad has to be announced and um, the Premier League squad has to be announced as well uh, I think in, in end of January. So uh, if they don't think he's going to be fit till middle of March or April, you know, we don't know. Uh, we don't know when um, they're going to make that decision. We don't know until nearer the time. How well his recuperation is is going? His re- rehab, how's it going? Is he going to break down? How Please, courses-
0: Leroy, stay. Please, Leroy, stay. We, we wanted
1: to say, but as I said, if the feeling is that he's not going to be fit till middle of March, um, and we're not sh- totally sure, and we're not sure about his attitude and everything else, we might just say, keep him out. Try and sell him, or we might say try and get him to renew his contract, and we'll sort the problem out in the summer. So we might get, for instance, Ruben Diaz. Leave Leroy Sani out and say, look, mate, the best thing is, rather come back for a, a few weeks at the end of the season, take the rest of the time off to recuperate properly, and we'll bring in uh, R- Ruben Diaz uh, to, to, to take your spot. We, the problem is, we just don't know. We're, we're just speculating, like most of the journalists out there. So you see journalists, some of them, they'll put 20 stories out, hoping to get lucky with one of them. And if they get lucky with one of them, obviously, that's the story that they're going to talk about. They're going to forget about the 19 they got wrong. And it's like playing darts blindfolded. You know, you might hit something on the board. Uh, you might hit the 20. Uh, you know, if you're throwing with blindfolded, you might hit it two times out of 20. You might hit it. And the rest of the time, you'll you'll miss it. So it's just like that. And as as the old was it the uh, phrase, uh, a, a busted clock or a busted watch is right twice a day.
0: You've obviously watched, uh, that particular, uh, movie, um, I, I think it was, what was it, um, uh, a a, a, a busted clock, uh, is correct twice a day. But, um, but Ray, okay, let's put your Mystic Meg hat, uh, hat on before we leave and finish off this podcast. And, uh, we thank Ray so much for just explaining all these rules to us. But um what would you um guess will happen in the January transfer window? Of course, you know, Ray, that when the trans- when the transfer window opens the whole thing goes absolutely ape shit, excuse my language. And um everyone is talking about everything and uh, City rarely uh are involved in this. I think the last time that we were seriously involved in it was when we signed Ed and Dzeko, And um uh Ray just just using your gut, using your your feeling. Um, Most City fans would say the way that Pep plays it, he just he just doesn't. He just doesn't do that. But um, do you differ? Do you think that... I don't think differ- we'll bite anybody.
1: You, I, yeah. I mean, that's, it's an easy thing to say. I don't think we will bite anybody. The caveat is, it, but it all depends on Leroy Sané and uh, Emerick Laporte's fitness. And it also depends on Leroy Sané's willingness to sign a new contract or to state City. If he's not going to sign a new contract, he's not going to state City, we might just say, we might as well put our losses and exclude him. Well, here's a question okay.
0: for you, Ray. I mean, a lot of um, emails that we've received on the Bolt from the Blue uh, podcast is, hasn't Pep already given up on Leroy Sané? Is, isn't there uh, this this feeling that, yeah, he's already gone?
1: Possibly because. Uh, in pre-season, I think Peppard said Leroy was close at one point. He said Leroy was close to signing uh, an extension, and then he said now he's far away from signing an extension. In effect, so the the thought there was that you know it, it, it looked uh, bleak the prospects of Leroy Sane staying at City. Now we don't know what's going to happen with the new Bayern manager. The new buying manager might want nothing to do with Leroy Sane. Uh, because of his attitude, because of his injury, or whatever, the new uh, Bayern ma- manager might not have a choice. It might be the board That's say, "We want Leroy. He's, he's German. We want to bring him back home. He's box office. He's one of the best players in the world, best young players in the world. And he's German. He's for marketing purposes. He's wonderful for us. So we don't know. You know, it's there's lots of things to throw in the mix. My feeling is that we're not going to buy. Pep doesn't look happy about it, but. It, it, look, who knows, we get beaten by Chelsea on Saturday, and uh, we could possibly be kissing the league goodbye, but we're also, we'll be still in fourth place, and teams will be starting to catch us, so, and it depends on really how we do between now and the end of uh, end of this year, by the end of Je- uh, December, you know, if we're struggling for fourth place, then it might be needs must, and we might have to go out and spend some money, because we don't get Champions League I'm not saying, you know, I'm not uh, trying to be negative here, but I'm just being objective. If we don't get Champions League, that's a huge loss of income, uh, possibly about 30, 40, 50 million pounds. Huge. And if we don't finish first in the league, that's going to be even worse. So, you know, it affects the money going forward. We have to be Champions League um, every single year now. Uh, so as I, just to summarise. If there's a problem with our league position, that might force our hand. The same way Spurs' hand has been forced to get in Mourinho and get rid of Pochettino. Same way other clubs' hands will be forced in January to maybe buy a player or two just to make sure, give them that chance. Uh, Expect United, for instance, to buy somebody in in January, one or two players, to give them that chance to be in the Champions League next season. Guys,
0: let's finish this part off. We are so grateful to Ray uh, for giving it, uh, us his time. He's so busy with all of the things that he has to do. But we're, I guess we have to wind it up. And, um, I guess that the, the best thing to do with, um, our Ray is to, to ask him this question to finish off with. Ray, there's been quite a lot of speculation in the news that, uh, this is, uh, um, despite the fact that Pep's got one more season, a lot of the, the guys on ESPN FC, for example, are saying, that they think that, that Pep will, will call it a day after this season. What would you say about that?
1: Well, it d- depends. Um, you know, on the surface, Pep keeps saying, I will honour my contract, I will honour my contract, I will honour my contract, and, and, and all that. <laughs> um, but you can see sometimes the extension is uh, can be just done for... Um, for window dressing purposes, look at Manuel Pellegrini, before the, the manager at Manchester before Pep. He got a one-year extension, I think, and there were, the, we knew he wasn't going to um, stay for that year because Pep was coming. We kind of knew that, and it felt quite false, but City paid him off, and they kind of did that to keep the team uh, focused, to think, well, you know, we can't down our tools because this is our manager for next year as well, and it could be the same here. Pep has got a contract for another year and a half, but he might leave in six months, you know, um, and they, he might keep saying, "I'm going to stay till the end of my contract, purely to keep the players focused and not to to lose the plot and think, well, this guy's going. let we don't we not have to work as hard as he wants us to work. There'll be somebody else coming in in uh, six months' time.'" So, um, so my feeling is, it's it's hard to tell because some of his body language isn't positive. You know, he's he's got a bit of stress. But, you know, we've lost two uh, times, three two times. Well, so Sorry. <laughs> Two times, two times, twice, twice. Exactly. Times, but look, he. Now, I, I hope he's. You know, I hope he stays longer because I've said many times he's not going to get the setup anywhere in the world that comes close to the setup he's got at City. Yeah. Best facilities. Um. He's got his buddies, uh, cheeky San and Ferrin Sariano. He's got Caldeon on the barrack. He's got Shipman. So you're not going to get a better setup. And with all the facilities and all everything else, you are not going to get better anywhere else in the world. Um, now, there was someone saying that his wife has gone back to Spain. Um, you know, to, it's, it might not be. Simply the quality of the team and how he, much he wants to get this team going forwards and 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 progressing and bring the young players through and and his mates out here. It might be for family reasons. You might have to. Um, he might have to. He might end up back at Barcelona. We just don't know. Um, you know what? Because sometimes it, it's the family that can direct the manager or the player.
0: Well, I think, guys, that is probably a good place for us to stop. He's got a contract. He's said that he's going to, uh, stick it out and we are hoping for that. And, uh, guys, just to let you know, this, this, this was an impromptu, uh, podcast between myself and Ray. We were talking about Upa Makano and talking about Ruman Diaz and we hope you enjoyed it. We hope you enjoy these little sort of off the cuff, uh, podcasts, but, um, it does take uh, a lot of time for Ray to, research these things and he did that tonight and we have to express extreme gratitude and just to say Ray thank you so much for coming on we are looking forward to you and our uh good friend Colin um, coming on in a couple of days to talk about uh the Francis Lee years part 2 but thank you so much for coming on this podcast
1: Oh it's always my pleasure Mike it's always good fun to talk football and to top Manchester City.
0: Gosh, Ray, you're so passionate. But um, yeah, I I love that. I love that. Guys, I hope you love it too. Uh, This is the Bolt from the Blue podcast. Um, And uh, we're just going to sign off here and tell you that we will be back with you after the podcast with Colin Savage about part two of the Francis Lee years. And we will also be back with you after the game against Chelsea. So until then... Have one enough. Can up the blues.
2: Manchester United have done all they can that Really, enough for the three points. City is still alive here. I oh! like if that you on. About a time that your mind took a holiday